Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. Hello, Nate. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on as always, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Did you have a good one this year? Yes, it was a very pleasant holiday with family and friends. How did yours go? Very, very good. We uh, we visited family as well, and I uh, made the turkey like I always do every year, and uh, it turned out really, really good. Did a twenty pounder this year. It was it was a good one. Wow, that's a that's a big bird. Yep, it was. Uh, it was a good time. You basted it well. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to baste that turkey. But we're not here to talk about turkey, are we, Nate? What are we here to talk about today? What are we What are we doing? Well, we're not going to talk about turkey, at least not in a literal sense in terms of the bird. We're going to talk about a turkey in the sense of a subpar product and how Game Freak released a turkey with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And this is kind of a continuation of the conversation we had prior to Thanksgiving when the game had just come out and we were seeing a slew of performance issues. And we discussed the technical reasons behind some of these performance issues. And the general thing was that there is a memory issue as well as a memory leak issue that's causing some of these bugs and glitches and hindering the performance a slight bit. And even if they do release a patch in the future to address the memory leak and some of these bugs and glitches, that, you know, the visuals and some of the frame performance will still be substandard for a Switch game. So moving from that, there's been a narrative out there as to who's to blame for the current state of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And depending on who you're talking to, you'll get a different answer to this question. And I want to give a straight, honest, truthful answer as to who's to blame for the situation and hopefully educate the listeners as to how everything goes on for a Pokemon release. Because as everyone knows, there is the Pokemon company. And the Pokemon company has been the company that people have assigned blame to when it comes to a Pokemon game coming out in a subpar state. And perhaps our prior episode could be guilty of this as well. We often just referred to everything as the Pokemon company because it was a way to generalize and simplify the conversation. And if we led to any confusion, I do apologize for that. I don't want to, you know, lead people onto a false narrative. And now we're going to give a clear and concise narrative as to really how things work. And to start, we have to give the elementary explanation of what the Pokemon company is. So the Pokemon company is a enterprise made up of three companies. And the three companies are Game Freak, Creatures Inc., and Nintendo. Now, each of these companies have a role in the Pokemon games. Creatures Inc. does the modeling of all of the creatures, which, you know, their name implies. Nintendo publishes the games. And then you have Game Freak. They develop the games. Now, when the game comes to market, like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet did people will very quickly judge and say, well, the game came to market because of the Pokemon company. The Pokemon company is the reason these games are rushed. The Pokemon company is the reason Game Freak has such a limited budget or the reason Game Freak doesn't expand and hire more employees. 
the Pokemon company is really just an agent for these three companies. These three companies make up the Pokemon company. So Game Freak, Creature, and Nintendo all join together to create a singular unit to help manage the Pokemon branding and merchandise and franchise. Now, what does this mean for the game release schedule? What it means is that when a Pokemon game is in development at Game Freak, the ones setting the schedule are Game Freak. The Pokemon company is not some overlord dictating that Game Freak must have the Pokemon game out you know, every year. That it has to be an annual release. That's not how things are operating for Pokemon. Game Freak chose 2022 as the intended release year for Scarlet and Violet soon after Sword and Shield came to market. The Pokemon company does not have a say in that. That is strictly Game Freak. Game Freak sets their schedule. They set their deadline, and they determine when a new generation will start. Now, in recent years, the Pokemon games, as far as generations go, typically have a new generation every three years. So if that were to remain on that track, Generation 10 will launch in 2025. Now, we are still in 2022. If Game Freak wants to deviate from the three-year cycle, they have the power to do so. They can opt to say, you know what? After looking at how Scarlet and Violet came to market, we want another year to create this new generation. Maybe we want two years to create this new generation. And they can choose that. They have the freedom to say 2026, 2027, whatever they feel as though is timely for them to create a new generation of Pokemon and develop the game and bring it to market. So with Scarlet and Violet, 2022 was the target release date they chose. Now, they chose this many years ago. What the Pokemon company will do is they are given the blueprint from the architects known as Game Freak. The Pokemon company then looks at these blueprints and says the target date of completion is 2022. They then build the merchandise that you see, the plushies, the cartoon show, the cards, to go with that new generation of release for that we know within a certain window. Because as we know, in Japan, the cartoon show for this new generation won't be coming out until 2023. So it's not like a day and date type situation. But the Pokemon company gets the blueprints and they work towards that date that Game Freak has provided. Game Freak is not given a date by the Pokemon company. And then they have to finish the game to meet the needs of the Pokemon company. It's the opposite. And the false narrative that goes around is that individuals seem to believe that Game Freak is being pressured by Nintendo and the Pokemon company and creatures to churn these games out annually. And there's actually an interview with, I believe it was Game Informer, very recently, where 
Masuda explained that there is no situation where Nintendo and the Pokemon company will put pressure on Game Freak. That's pretty clear right there, is that Game Freak operates operates as its own. It is its own entity. What you said is, is very compelling. And I think, you know, it, it does make a lot of sense that you've got these three companies that make up the Pokemon company. And, and mm-hmm. Game Freak, yeah, setting the schedule for their game releases makes perfect sense to me. Because, I mean, they're the ones ultimately that are on the hook for it. So they, they must do that. I, I think you're right. I do think there was or well, there is a lot of... I guess misinformation or maybe just, you know, people aren't, aren't hearing it correctly that Game Freak is being pressured or they're being uh, crunched, you know, by Nintendo and um, Creature or the Pokemon company itself type of thing. But no, I mean, what you, what you say makes a lot of sense in that they basically call the shots when it comes to when they think they can deliver the next game, right? So mm-hmm. my question to you, however, is um, let's kind of break it down. Let's you know let's let's kind of divide divide this into a you know a lower um, common denominator and talk about within Game Freak. So let's take the other two companies out of it for the, for the moment and say mm-hmm. if the higher ups at Game Freak said that our next Pokemon game is coming out at the end of 2022. And the development arm of the company or the IT department that, that actually, you know, writes the code for the games, they, their, their VP of uh, engineering or IT, whatever, said, look, we can't get this game done in time without mm-hmm. some serious bugs. With that in mind, with what you said about Game Freak setting the date, wouldn't Game Freak then be more ready to provide a delay to a game. So I guess my question is, I feel like that scenario would have already happened when it comes to Scarlet and Violet. So why didn't Game Freak just delay the game based on the fact that we know that the game came out to be pretty buggy and pretty uh, unoptimized? So in the situation with Scarlet and Violet, they, while Game Freak does control that target release a year, there is a point of no return that exists and delays can't happen Mm -hmm. because as was mentioned prior with the Pokemon company, where they're building all that merch and everything to go alongside the new generation, that's going to go into production, you know, months before it actually comes to market. So let's just say in the case of Scarlet and Violet, as an example, we hit, March of 2022 and they're looking at the state of the game saying this isn't good. Yeah. We need six more months. They're very likely well over that point of no return. Mm -hmm. They needed to delay this earlier. They would have needed to delay, you know, maybe mid 2021 so that everything else that is so tightly aligned to the release of the game can also be delayed and adjusted for, you know, not just internal scheduling, but production lines, gathering the resources necessary to create and produce the cards, the toys. Yeah. Even, you know, the animation team for the cartoon, you know, you have to contract them right. for X amount of, you know, episodes and all of that. So 
there's so many factors that are forced into this very narrow window. Yeah. And, you know, you work as a developer. Mm -hmm. So my counter question to you would be, if you have these higher ups and you know how tight these things can be, wouldn't you as the head of Game Freak? Yeah. Want to allow yourself a little bit of wiggle room where you say, you know, we're, we're going to we want the game out by holiday 2022. Right. But in case something arise in terms of some performance issues and stuff, let's say internally the latest window we're targeting. So, you know, your partners at the Pokemon company can, you know, also have that wiggle room spring. If we come in earlier, which the game does, it always comes in earlier than the generation starts for the other merchandise. Yeah. There's really no loss there. So give yourself three to six months just in case you have to address something. Right. I mean, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Because like, you know, in my experience in software development and in game development, there's an estimation process. So basically when they, when they first started talking about Scarlet and Violet, they sat in a room and started providing an estimate of how long it would take to develop and ship the game out. Right. So, that estimation process, estimating how long it's going to take to write um, a game or any piece of software has so many risks involved in it because a lot of people don't really think about the contingencies and the technical debt that may be involved and people leaving the company and all sorts of, you know, outside factors. And and the other thing is like, you know, people want to make their bosses happy. So they're always going to maybe err on the side of less time, even though that's not true. So I guess what I'm saying is they would have estimated, hey, we can get this game out by holiday 2022, you know, the the, the development arm of the, of the company to their management. And they would have said, okay, well, that's, that's good. We're going to roll with that. And, you know, I guess what you said about, well, it's, it's, it's very difficult to delay because there's a lot of other things that are going on um, as far as merchandise goes is, I guess, is, is the key thing here because, you know, I think that if that was not a part of this, they probably would have said, yeah, we need to kind of bump the game, but ultimately they didn't. But yeah, estimating how long something's going to take is always the tricky part. And um, I think that's ultimately kind of where they may be messed up here. Yeah, that's the thing is if this were just a standard game release and I'll use Nintendo's own The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This is a game that got delayed significantly. Nintendo came out and said 2022. And then as soon as 2022 began, Nintendo's like 2023. Yeah. And then it finally got dated, you know, in September for a May 2023 release. With Pokemon, if they had that type of luxury where they could look at it and say, we got to delay this, I'm sure that would have, you know, factored in. And the one thing I have seen with the discussion of Scarlet and Violet that has largely gone ignored is that Sword and Shield came out. And then look what followed. We had COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID impacted the video game industry in a significant way. And that definitely stalled development for Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Now, this, this isn't an excuse to forgive the shoddy state that Scarlet and Violet came out in because once the impacts of COVID had hit Game Freak, it was still early enough that they could have relayed. We just lost six to eight months of development time. We have to delay the game. Right. 
And a little known fact that some people may not be aware of is that when Pokemon Legends of Arceus came out earlier this year, it came out in early 2022 because the game was actually delayed Mm -hmm. internally. That wasn't the original release window for the title. It was pushed. Mm -hmm. So like knowing, I, I mean, this is kind of a Monday morning quarterback situation. Yeah. Hindsight is always 2020. But when you have like COVID impacting development, and I would say this is one of the prime examples that we're going to be, that we are seeing now, and we may be seeing more in 2023 of where COVID outright stalled production, where work wasn't done for months and months on end. And unfortunately, Pokemon was just that kind of that title of we can't afford the delay like these other games are going to get. Right. And I mean, you know, in Japan at the time, they uh, had very, very strict, you know, lockdown uh, policies going on. People, you're right. No one could work in an office. There was no easy way to remote into work from home. All that Mm -hmm. stuff came later. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. We, We can't discount, you know, what happened with with COVID in 2020, 2021. Because it, it did have a massive impact on the video game industry. And look, you're quite right. This could very well be the result of that, where they didn't really have enough time to get over the finish line. Um, and, you know, I um, I think that it's, uh, you know, obviously the game is in a very unacceptable state and a lot of people are unhappy about it. It's selling very well, but, you know, I guess the next area we we I, I want to talk about with you now I guess is the patch you know and um mm-hmm. what do you think that looks like and I know that um there's been some uh Sean RGT did a video about how he went back and took a look at the the patch release for the Sword and Shield game where there was like seven patches over the span of let's say eight or nine months uh do you think we'll start to see those patches start to trickle out and have you know, the fixes that we're talking about or what do you think that's going to look like? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be House Flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. I mean with Sword and Shield they released numerous patches but there were no performance focus patches as you mentioned and has you know was reported by rgt yeah and just just on that real quick um i did go back and look at the performance with sword and shield Mm -hmm. because there was some talk that it ran a lot better than scarlet and violet which it it certainly does 
But I wanted to see, again, what the performance was like on that game because I remember it wasn't particularly great, but it was running at mostly 30 FPS. However, when you would go into the wild area, the frame rate would drop, not significantly, but it would drop to like the low to mid-20s. And um, I just wanted to, to, you know, to look at that just to make sure that, um, you know, I had my ducks in a row because I know... A lot of people are comparing performance with this game, Scarlet and Violet, with with um, Sword and Shield. But um, yeah, I think you know that's an important um, thing to mention. Yes, it definitely is. And like Sword and Shield, when they released the expansion, which was more open area focused, there was definitely an improvement of performance in the expansion versus the base game, mm-hmm. which. You know, sometimes you have that placebo effect or you just have, you know, short memory where you could assign some of the performance improvements to that versus the base game. So sometimes you can get, you know, cloudy memory. But in terms of patches for performance, there was never a focused one. Now, they did release a lot of patches that, you know, added new modes or enabled the mode may have addressed bugs and glitches, which will definitely be the case here. But as we talked about in the last episode and mentioned earlier in this one, is that with some of these problems being linked to a memory leak, that is a fairly direct thing to address. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not going to fix all the performance issues, but it can make for a smoother experience for the user at the end of the day. And it feels as though that's something that they can fix and they can fix fairly I want to say quickly, but in a timely fashion. Right. So I expect at least that to be addressed and we'll see a smoother game as a result. But by and large, the performance problems where you're going to have the frame dips and just the general ugliness of the game, that will remain. But a lot of the bugs and glitches and stuff those things will be fixed. It's just a matter of when. How long is this going to take? Is this going to be three months, six months? Is it going to be a cyberpunk 2077 situation where it's going to take the better part of a year and maybe we don't see it fully addressed until the expansion content is made available in late 2023? Mm-hmm. Those are all questions you know, that we will get answered at a later time. But I believe there is a there's reason to be hopeful that Game Freak is aware of the problems. And I just don't believe Game Freak is sitting in the office right now high-fiving each other saying, we put out a damn fine game. (laughs) I mean, they're breaking records though with the sales. They are. And I have seen this spring up on the internet saying, you know, they sold their 10 million copies in three days. There is no incentive for them to patch and address what's wrong with the game. No, that's that's and, false. That's not that's not right. right. Yeah, that's I think the same way as you on this topic. Whereas if I put out the product and I'm getting those type of figures, I'm sitting down saying it wasn't our best effort. Let's fix this. Let's do right by the consumer and our fans. Because you as a company have to have pride in yourself. Yeah, you have to have pride in your work. You should be able to stand by your product and say, we did the best we could do. Yeah. And fix the problems as best you can. 
and keep the goodwill you have built through your community mm-hmm. so that when the next release comes, the audiences are going to sit there and say, hmm, I remember what you did with that last game. I'm going to be hesitant because we saw what happened with CD Projekt Red due to Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of damage done yeah. where people were hesitant about, you know, you really going to rush out to buy Witcher 1 remake? Or are you going to wait and see how they demonstrate the game? The assets that they show, how they roll out with the stuff? No. The gaming industry suffers from short memory. You get hyped up over the next new thing and you forget all those problems in the launch state. But Pokemon, I know a lot of the audience is, you know, majority children. A child isn't going to notice if the frames drop from 25 to 15. We played N64 games growing up. Those mm-hmm. games ran at 12 frames a second. Yep. 10 but for me because I was in PAL, PAL region. <laughs> oh, man, you had it worse. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, you know, that's not to excuse shoddy performance because, oh, kids are playing it. Don't kids deserve a quality product too? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, stutter, a two-second stutter is a two-second stutter, and even a kid is going <laughs> to start mashing buttons because the screen's frozen. That's true. <laughs> that's and, what I do. <laughs> and that's, that's where I'm hopeful that Game Freak will address this. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take because we know they're already well underway working on that expansion DLC. Right. That's, you know, that has a hard window of late next year and time for the holiday. That's what they're working towards. And we know the structure of Game Freak of they have their A team, their B team, their C team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the A team already getting work on Generation 10. Hopefully they've sat down and said, we need more time. This was a mistake. We really should have communicated better once COVID hit us and we had those impacts that we needed an extra year and delayed this to 2023. Let's give us let's give us a little breathing room this time. Let's not crunch and rush to get the game out to this arbitrary, self-enforced three-year rule mm-hmm. that you know we don't have to abide by. We can give ourselves four or five years. So you have like the B team now working on the expansion DLC. Get the C team working on a patch, or take some of those guys from the A team. And say, this is your mess. Fix it. Yeah. Because word of mouth, especially for a Pokemon game, is very important. Word of mouth is is what's going to keep this game selling. You want to become the best-selling Pokemon? You have to have a quality reputation behind it. And I know people are going to say, but Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield's controversy was the Pokedex. This is the boycott. That's why they boycott. Yes. Yeah, the Pokedex, yes. It's because of the Pokedex. It was never about the game or the game's performance. No, 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 no. Because general word of mouth of the game was, this is a really good Pokemon. And when you look at Scarlet and Violet, those who are playing it, if they say bugs and glitches aside, this is an ambitious, fantastic Pokemon game. This is the most fun I've had with Pokemon in years. Mm -hmm. That says to me, they have crafted a quality game. Yeah, I mean, it's just riddled with problems. I've heard, I've heard that from a lot of people that you know they're definitely onto something here with with this new game. And 
to be honest, it, it gets me interested as well. And I'm not someone that really plays these games, as you know. But I think, you know, if there were patches that came out to address these issues, I, I may take a look at the game. Um, but I do want to men- talk about the patches in a, just a little bit of detail because you mentioned memory leaks and other issues. So I think there's three main areas here that I, I want to, you know, uh, differentiate between. The first one is mm-hmm. the memory leak stuff. You're quite right. It's when there is those kind of random hitches in the game where, you know, it it kind of pulls in all the assets again from the drive and it causes stuttering and, and things like that. So that's definitely a memory leak. And we talked about that in the last episode where, you know, it's something that happens at random. So it's not one of those things where something will happen at the same place every time. So different players will have different experiences based on, you know, how long they've been playing the game for. I guess the, and the second one is the, the glitches that you see where, you know, the, uh, the head spinning around and there's some T posing and all that stuff that they're bugs, right? So they're, they're issues that, that need to be fixed. And I guess the third one is, um, you know, I've, I've been hearing reports about duplications and, uh, dupe glitches and stuff like that, that you can, you can dupe your uh, items and, and whatnot. So as far as, you know, level of priority, Nate, how do you, how do you think this is going to go? Obviously the performance issues are important and somewhat significant, but honestly, I think Game Freak will probably lean towards fixing game specific issues rather than performance related things. And I think they'll, I'm not saying they'll give them less of a priority, but I think they will uh, address those kind of later on after the kind of the critical game issues have been addressed. Yes, I would agree with you on that. With the duplication bug, that is something I see them taking a high priority stance on. That's a critical issue. Because that, you know, that opens up the door for uh, all sorts of, you know, cheating and stuff like that. The fact that that, actually made it through QA mm-hmm. is nothing short of astonishing. Well, I, that is, that's something that never should have gotten through. You're right. And I want to, I want to talk about that maybe after, after we, 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 you know, talk about this stuff, because I do want to know more about your thoughts on, on how this game actually got through certification. But <laughs> we can, we can proceed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think performance, like the memory leak, and then just general performance. I think if we see it addressed, it's going to be it's going to be in tandem with them addressing other priority bugs that they view as just, you know, high priority. So like the duplication glitch. Yeah. We could see a minor performance thing attached to that. It's not going to be specifically mentioned in the patch notes because the focus is going to be duping that's what we fixed here they're not going to have the bullet point of as well as performance issues unless they just do the generic stability issue yeah type citation so like the memory leak as we mentioned i mean that's something that they can address timely so that should i'd give that medium tier right priority right and and i Look, the listeners are going to be thinking, are you crazy? This is like the thing that's really aggravating me the most above and beyond everything. 
And I want to I want to kind of be clear that this is a high priority issue. Mm-hmm. But something like duplication is a game breaking issue. You know, something that could right. uh, open up the door for cheating and, and all that sort of stuff. So generally speaking, those issues are looked at first. Performance issues, while uh, high priority, would probably be, be next in the in the list. Yeah, if this was being viewed as like a punch list on a construction job or, mm. you know, a new housing project, the duplication glitch is kind of saying we forgot to put the roof on. Right, right. Whereas the memory leak is kind of a case of we still have to install doorknobs and paint the stairs and, you know, do a lot of, yeah. I don't want to use cosmetic work because that kind of undermines the severity of the memory leak issue. But the dupe issue for Game Freak is something that, the fact that it's there is embarrassing to them. Mm-hmm. It never should have happened. How it got through is just baffling. So that's going to be the thing of where they're looking at say, we have to patch this out now. Yeah. Find the root cause of this and patch it out immediately. Now, the thing with a memory leak that maybe some listeners aren't aware of is you and I could be playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Right next to each other. And depending on how I use my switch versus how you use you use yours you might have a memory leak in a spot i don't have any issue so your experience is going to differ because a memory leak yeah to it's not just you know simple to replicate of here i am playing it this is what happened when i got to this bridge you can get to that exact same bridge and nothing happened right the memory leak is a little more sporadic so to recreate the issues and spots isn't that easy of an issue but because it is a memory leak and that can be identified they don't have to replicate the glitch or the bug whereas like the dupe bug that's something you have to test you have to duplicate Mm -hmm. literally yeah in the qa process to say okay this is the this is the exploit we have discovered it and now we can address it right and they're going to look for additional ways beyond the ones that have been found and shared on social media. They're going to make sure other backend exploits are also addressed that maybe have not been discovered yet. So that's going to take all that priority because they're going to want to get that out of the way quickly and efficiently. Whereas the stuff that they know is a problem, but they're aware that they can already address it. It's a high priority on the punch list, but it's also a lower priority as to, when are we actually going to address it? And as, as you were mentioning, it is a high priority to them. It's just the case of yeah, how many people are really experiencing this? How many people are actually annoyed by this? It's kind of like the scene in uh, Fight Club where they say, we have to, we determine a recall if this X number of variables exceeds this percentage point which means if it's below this threshold, we're fine with X amount of people dying with their airbag not deploying Mm -hmm. because it's not concern of us. Yeah, They're looking at it. They're aware of it. It's just a matter of when and and where do we get the patch to smooth and iron things out. It's not going to be a perfectly smooth shirt. There's still going to be bumps along it, 
but it's going to be significantly better than the tumbled mess that we got. So, and just on that, I mean, the memory leak issue will, will definitely be fixed, but will mm-hmm. the performance issue be fixed? Because when I was talking about earlier with Sword and Shield, the game, while it runs mostly at 30 in the wild areas, it does drop. Do you think that they're going to address, and I'm specifically talking about the performance, where it's basically the game doesn't even hit 30 FPS most of the time. It it just kind of runs like 23 to 25 everywhere. Do you think they're going to look at addressing the performance in the patch, or do you think they're just going to leave it the way it is? I think the only performance boost we'll see will be what we get when they address the memory leak issue. And Beyond that, yeah, and I they'll they'll think. get something from that. Like if you fix right. the memory leak, that will potentially because we, we don't know what the code looks mm. like. Of course, it could uh, address some of those issues. But I mean, I yeah. I I would say they don't really mess with a performance patch unless they get some quick wins if when they fix the memory leak. Yeah, I don't think they're going to spend considerable time to address performance specifically. Like, I don't think this is going to turn into like a Breath of the Wild situation where they knew the forest had the significant dips and they went in to address that particular moment. Right. I don't think we're getting those type of performance patches here. I think we're going to see something more general and broad of we addressed the majority of the bugs and glitches. And as a result, some of the performance has now smoothed out. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we're going. Because yeah. it could be a fairly substantial undertaking where they're going to look at it and say, we're not spending the next six to eight months going through every bit of this code to optimize it, to make the game run as well as it should have at launch. We are already moving on to the next projects and Maybe a lot of people have already moved on and forgotten about this. And <laughs> what, you well, know. <laughs> I was going to ask though. So, what is the future for Game Freak? Is as far as do you think this is a a a learning moment from them? This is a reality check that we can't continue going down this path because things may get worse the next time around. Or do you think um, you know we'll just get pretty much what we've already been getting in, you know, in the past over on the Nintendo switch. The optimist me says they looked at this and they're going to learn from it. Uh, And the lesson is going to be, let's give ourselves more time. Mm -hmm. We set the schedule. Let us, let us breathe, give ourselves an extra year. What harm really comes from it? We have a strong IP. We mm-hmm. make a lot of money. The games sell incredibly well. We have several teams. We also have the mobile team who did the remakes of Brilliant Diamond and Pearl. So if we want to put out a spinoff from our C or B team or that mobile team, we have options available to us that if we, if we really want to do an annual release, we can. We have the Let's Go series. We have remakes. We have Arceus now. We can afford four years to spend on a new generation to ensure that we release a quality game when the time comes. Now, the realist in me says, Game Freak looked at the sales and said, 
we're going to stick to the three-year cycle. <laughs> but we just can't have it come out that bad next time. Yeah. I think it can still right. be bad. It's yeah. just not going to be that bad. I'm, I I remember, you know, back then when, when Animal Crossing got delayed and people were really, really disappointed, but it was the right move, obviously. I think mm. that Game Freak, I do think that they've learned from this, you know, that, if you know, if I was a developer that worked at Game Freak and I was seeing this all over Twitter, I would be mortified. I, I'd probably want to quit the industry, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't know how I would feel. And I guess the point is, yeah, sure. They're, they're in the back room counting all the money that they've, they've made from this, but there's also some responsibility that, that they, they know that they messed up and, and they have to do better next time. And I do think that the next game will be an improvement as far as quality goes I'm not saying the aesthetic will be better because, you know, there's that there's that look about those games and I don't really think it's going to really improve that much. But I do think that they they have learned from this and they will do be- give us better next time and and hopefully not be afraid to push back on a delay if things aren't tracking as as well as they they hoped. But but Nate, I think you're right. I think ultimately COVID was a big big issue for them. And it really just kind of put them off off track in the end. And as we were recording this, oh, breaking news! Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet received the one point one zero patch, okay. and that's going to address some bugs. It's also adding ranked battle. Game Freak also made sure to note that they are listening to feedback seriously and will continue improvements. Now. As we discussed in the patch segment, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get a performance-specific patch. But they are listening. They are looking at the bugs and glitches that people are complaining about. And it is something they are taking seriously and are looking to address. So very good. Very timely for that to appear on my Twitter timeline as we're discussing it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye out on this one. You know, usually... Uh, you know, fixing performance a lot of the times isn't documented in patch notes, uh, especially with, with a AAA with a AAA game. But it will be interesting to see if there has been any improvement on that front, at least with this first patch. But I think you know you're right, Nate. We I would expect a string of patches to come out over the next six to eight months potentially, and hopefully they'll address most of the concerns of the community and. Hopefully all of them would be really cool. Yeah, and I think it's important to say with this first patch arriving where it provides some bug fixes and adds the ranked battle that don't go into it expecting, yep. you know, all of a sudden the FPS to be radically improved or anything. This is clearly a patch that has was in the works long before release, especially because it's adding ranked battle. This is something that was planned. So everything that has sprung up since launch that they had not been aware of very like, you know, like the memory leak. That's probably something that flew under the radar for them. Mm-hmm. That's something that they would be just now beginning to work on. This was a patch already in production prior to the game's launch. So practice some patience with the patches. Patches do take time. They have to go through certification and everything. So 
I beg of people, don't get outraged when this patch doesn't fix everything that you have an issue with with a game. Don't create clickbait headlines of first Pokemon patch fixes nothing. This isn't the patch you're looking for. Yeah. That will come in 2023. So last question. How did this game pass certification? Because I will tell you this. If I submitted a game as a third party, Nintendo would turn around and say, we cannot accept this. So how do you think this one actually got through? Other than the fact that Game Freak and Nintendo make up the Pokemon (laughs) company and maybe they just pushed it a little harder over the finish line. I would imagine it's a case of it went in certification. Nintendo is the publisher knowing just, you know, everything around the game is looked at it and, Mm -hmm. you know, Game Freak, maybe they made those promises of we have patches, anything that you may have found because, you know, when it goes through certification, did they encounter those memory leaks? I mean, it's a good question. It's a good question. They may not have. But we right. would assume that they they did right. You yeah, I mean, you would assume because it would that makes the most logical sense that surely somebody through this entire process encountered something like this. But then again, when you're going through that QA, I encountered this issue caused by the memory leak. I now jot it down in my notes. Well, recreate it. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind is. And I don't know this for a fact, but I believe test kits have more memory on board. Maybe. I'm not saying that when they test the game, they don't. They should be testing it in just retail mode. And I think they do. But let's say maybe they don't. If you have more memory just, on that switch, yeah. maybe that memory leak didn't, didn't appear. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, it's such a hard thing to recreate. And the QA process, you're just going through these, you know, you're playing this game hours and hours and hours where you encounter the bug, you try to recreate it, put that in your notes, that's sent, they address it. If they weren't experiencing some of these problems, and it's not to say these problems do not exist, the problems do exist. Mm -hmm. But you could go on social media right now where people are saying, I've played the game and I didn't encounter any of the issues that I've seen on social media. I don't believe the people saying that are liars. I believe they are telling their truth. Like the frame rates is a 100% of thing. Everyone has acknowledged that, that they have experienced. And it's just due to, you know, how sensitive you are to frame drops of how much is it going to deter you from playing the game. Mm-hmm. But the glitches and the bugs, I've seen tons of people saying, I haven't, I have not seen these. And other people are saying, I'm seeing it all the time, which suggests there's the very real possibility when it went through certification and everything these problems just weren't popping up. Yeah. Which will make patching it a little trying. Right. And, you know, memory leaks are always difficult to uh, track down and resolve, especially if it's something that requires you to play for X number of hours before it comes up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But very positive to see that the, the at least the first patch has been released. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully... Um, I mean, they did mention that they do take the performance issues seriously and hopefully they'll, they'll stick to that that word and fix up the game because I think, yeah, I, I would like to play this game. 
but I definitely want want to see it uh, in a much better state before I commit to it. Yes, and like as we're talking like the memory leak in you know where this is going to be. How long did the game come out now? Over ten years ago, you could have looked at Skyrim on the PS3, which mm-hmm. literally stopped working when you got to like a certain point due to memory limitations yep. and people would, and if it happened now, people say, how did this game pass certification? Well, we didn't play it for 13,000 hours, right? That's how it got through certification. <laughs> we didn't play it for thousands and or hundreds of hours with X amount of save files. And that's a bug that never would have been known. Yeah. Until it actually came to retail. Yeah. Not to say everything happening with Scarlet and Violet was not known until it came to retail. But it's just an example of sometimes these things aren't known. Right. And, I mean, right now we have the patch coming. We have discussed Game Freak sets their schedule. I'm hopeful for Generation 10 that they have learned from this and that they're willing to take an extra year in development and you know make sure they have a quality product in their hands when it comes time to deliver because this is probably a very bad example yeah agree but remember the 50 cent game that came out yes like the original 50 cent game it was terrible yeah it- but it sold like 5 million copies because people are like oh this game's gonna be good well yeah 50 cent was, was a big deal man back then yeah and the game was trash, flat out trash. What happens was you had all these people buy and hype and they bought a bad game. Like, well, I'm done with this. Then they came out with 50 Cent Blood and Sand. Oh, my God. That and game. the game was awesome. I love that game. <laughs> but nobody bought it because you burned me the first time around. Yes. And with Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet was someone's first Pokemon game. They may have gotten burned. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure when you come out with that sequel that it is awesome because you don't want a 50 cent situation on your hands where you made a really bad product. And then when you came out with a good product, you hurt everyone. And that's why you have to patch Scarlet and Violet to the best of your ability to keep the goodwill on your side and in your favor. Yeah. And I know that example using the 50 cent games went over the head of many people, but it's the best I could come up with on at the moment. <laughs> no, it's a good, it's definitely a good one. You know, it, it's <laughs> once you've lost the trust of, of kind of your audience, it's very hard to, to earn it back with, you know, with, with something that's, that's ultimately better than, you know, your first effort. And I think that's, yes. that's, that's very, very important. Yes. I think that about wraps up everything I wanted to address on this episode. I really just wanted to dispel Mm. The false narrative around the Pokemon company, Game Freak's relationship, and how everything works internally when it comes to scheduling game releases and whether or not Game Freak has pressure coming on them from higher up, be it Nintendo creature or the Pokemon company, as has often been used in social media conversations. And, you know, talking about the patching future and to have a patch actually be announced as we were recording seemed very timely. Yeah. And I think this is a very illuminating episode for people. And with that, we can go to some of the Streamlabs questions for this week. I believe we only have one. 
And it comes from Jackie G, who donated a dollar and writes, Epic Games have been intending on breaking in the AAA publishing route for a while now. With Alan Wake 2 around the corner and many projects to come, do you believe they will ever accomplish this goal? Or do they stick to what they do best? Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, I think they would like to get into the publishing space and really start to compete with some of the the big boys. And it's hard for me to really, you know, tell you if that's what they want to do. I mean, they just do many, they have so many other things going on right now. Like they've got Unreal Engine and they've got Fortnite. You know, they've got, they just, they're doing so many different, so many different things. They've got the, the uh, Epic Game Store. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they do have the desire to become a AAA publisher, but I I wonder if, you know, they, 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 they just have so many things going on right now, so many different cost centers that potentially this is something that they don't really have as much time to, to focus on. That's just a guess. What do you think, Nate? I mean, I've been looking at some of the games they've published in over the last couple of years. What's, and the, what's the biggest things. release? Um, Fall Guys. That's that's a pretty big deal, but it's again, it's not like you know, it's not a top tier, right? Yeah, it, it's not on the same caliber as like Alan Wake Two, right? Or even Alan Wake Remastered, but I mean, Epic does have a lot of studios now related to them due to you know like the ten cent situations and stuff. So I think they kind of just want to operate as you were detailing. They're gonna they have their own storefront. They're kind of they're not quite Steam. Yeah. So they're not Valve, but they seem to be operating in a very similar way to Valve. They have the Unreal Engine, which is the it's the engine for pretty much every game developer out there. Mm-hmm. So they're very successful on that front. Publishing, it feels as though it's still a market that they are breaking into. And titles like Alan Wake 2 maybe will expand that door a little bit for them. But it seems as though they have a very targeted approach to how they're publishing games and the games that they want under their publishing label. So it's definitely a curious thing. But I don't think they're looking to become, you know, the next Take Two or EA or anything like that when it comes to a publishing house. I think Epic succeeds when they do their thing. And the titles that they're publishing feel very deliberate and intentional. What's Fortnite? So, I mean, Fortnite has to yeah. be like Call of Duty levels of money making. Yeah, easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that that we can't discount that fact that that game is, is um, a big part of their business right now. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't foresee Epic really being a significant software publisher, middleware publisher. Yeah, middleware, absolutely. I mean, they could they could snatch a a, a big deal here and there. We'll say, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, 
Well, that's and maybe they that's just kind of the thing. maybe they're not they're not really looking to push into that market. I don't know. That's the thing. I think they just want a presence in the software side of the industry to a certain degree, right? Because outside of Fortnite, Epic isn't real. Epic was never really a major developer outside of their few franchises, like Unreal. Mm-hmm. You knew of them because of Unreal, Unreal Tournament, and then they really grew to prominence with Gears of War under Microsoft. Yeah. Since Gears of War, they've had really, it's really been Fortnite. Mm-hmm. That's right. And right around the pivot of when Microsoft bought the Gears of War IP from them is where you, is where you saw Epic really kind of retreat back into what they used to be of, we, we make engines. We make select games here and there. They've never been that massive development studio. And it seems as though, you know, they're going to remain that small but talented crew who's just, they're going to continue to push the Unreal Engine. They're going to publish select amount of games. They're going to develop less games than they publish and (laughs) just do what they do best, which is creating good technology and I mean, I'd love for them to come back, you know, like they did in the early two thousands with a huge IP yeah, on the scale of gears of war, or even unreal, unreal championship three. Let's yes. Get it. Let's go make it happen. That was the final Streamlabs question for this week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Ask a question, donate any dollar amount. We will answer the question at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And with that, I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. This was, uh, I really liked this conversation. It put uh, a lot of closure on the topic for me. And I'll also say I always didn't really know that Game Freak was calling the shots there i kind of felt like it was a pokemon company um decision that was made so uh very eye-opening and appreciate the uh, the insight hopefully everyone else was able to learn something from this conversation as well and i'm sure there's going to be individuals who will say that this take is inaccurate and that the pokemon company is the one calling the shots and if you'd like to hold that as your opinion you can continue to hold that but I'll just say that your opinion on it is wrong, but that could be a topic for another time. (laughs) But until next time, continue to embrace the hate.